1: In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yes. Started the day with a funeral. Good friend of mine, Mike Saperstein, dead at the age of uh, 82, and uh, just a great man. And you know what? The funeral did not make me depressed it actually, yeah, you know, I just you know, recalled fondly, and I was pleased to to know the man. And, you know, 82 is, uh, I wish he had another 10, 20 years, but that's a good long life. There's something that, he was a financier. He worked for Richard Nixon a long time ago and um, uh, lived on the Upper East Side, also on Long Island. He was at Bear Stearns. He did very, very well on Wall Street, very well. I had dinner with this guy a week and a half ago, so it's a little, it was like shocking. kind of, You know, I just, and he looked great. And he sounded great. He had a heart attack in the Carlisle Hotel. And uh, leaves behind his wife, Leanne, his daughter, um, Kimmy, and his grandkids, Benno, Aaron, and Lexi. All great people. And, uh, hey, one thing I didn't mention. Get this. He was so successful. And his house, so big. He's very conservative, by the way. Totally MAGA. Totally Trump. And used to watch my show all the time. But get this. His house was so awesome <laughs> in uh, Sagaponic. Guess who we rented it to for a couple of weeks one summer? Bill Clinton. He was Bill Clinton's landlord. Didn't agree with him on much politically, but it was a total honor to have a former president of the United States uh, as his tenant in his house, huh? How about that? The American dream. A guy, a kid from the Lower East Side, works hard in school and becomes Successful enough to be the president's landlord. ah, wow. I'm going to miss him, but he had a great life and it's inspiring. One time I was down in the dumps about something. It was about something I did not have. Something, I don't want to say what it was, but it was something I wanted that I did not have and I would never able to get. It was just one of those things that I, you know, whether it was being taller or having gone to Harvard, I don't want to say but it was something that i wanted that i did not have and would never get and he actually snapped at me got angry you mean to tell me with all the things that you have got you've got going for you you are hung up about that and it was like damn when you put it that way yeah smarten up and don't dwell on things you don't have how about the things you do have and how about service to others anyway i'm going to miss him in the meantime What the hell is going on? You may notice that no one, hardly anyone, is talking about Hunter Biden because, uh, well, uh, no smoking gun in that deposition. I found about 16. Um, Just because the New York Times doesn't cover it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It did happen, and it's spectacular. And the corruption in that family is right before our eyes. At the very least, they lied like crazy every time he said, that he had nothing to do with the family business, right, that that Joe never talked to Hunter about family business, a total and complete lie. Now, what difference does that make? You can't go to jail for that, right? Well, remember that he told us he was Mr. Integrity when he was running for president in 2020? Remember all that stuff? Remember how big tech censored us and banned us and shadow banned us when we mentioned the Hunter Biden laptop? Remember when the intelligence community conspired To lie to the American people that that was somehow Russia disinformation, that a good chunk of federal law enforcement all over again is conspiring to mislead the American people. And that concerns very valid and real concerns that people even in the Obama administration had about Joe Biden, Hunter Biden and Ukraine, that if you raise those concerns, you're going to be arrested. It's happening, folks, This Alexander Smirnoff was thrown in jail because he had doubts and concerns and he heard things about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. You're allowed to tell the FBI that kind of stuff. The FBI is allowed to take it or leave it. When is the last time they arrested anybody for giving them information that they did not want to believe or that they were told you're not to not to believe this? This is different from. The FBI comes in and sits you down and forget it. I am so frustrated. The FBI, you guys stink and you know it. The whole place should be rebranded. Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. They weren't just some clerks. Special Agent Peter Strzok in charge of the crossfire hurricane operation, right? He was the one investigating Trump. And what did he say to his girlfriend, Lisa Page? who was a senior lawyer at the FBI. She was so concerned that Trump was going to win. He's not going to win, will he? No, we're going to stop it. Well, that's not smoking gun evidence. What the hell is? And that's what they did. And Durham, shame on Durham. That guy makes me so angry. He slow walked that report, buried it in bureaucratic language. How corrupt do you have to be? Because they're doing it again. That's the part. They got away with it in 2016. They got away with it in 2020. And they're going to try it again in 2024. And trying to say that any doubts about Joe Biden's integrity is coming from Russia. Are you crazy? Are you kidding me? You really are going to do this. You're really going to do it. Where are the mass resignations? I am not going to. I've had it with this crap. Well, it's the leadership of the FBI. It's not the men and women of the FBI. I'm starting to have my doubts. If you're hanging around that bureau after what they did and after what they haven't done, which is protect America, how many times do they screw up? How many times? How many times do they cover for Democrats and screw up protecting America? You want some examples? 9-11, anybody? They had a role in weapons of mass destruction. Uh, I can go back in history. the, uh, The bombing at the Murrow building These are things that were like solvable and stoppable that they blew. Let's see. The JFK assassination. Special Agent Hosty H-O-S-T-Y, was just going to get around to talking to Lee Harvey Oswald uh, Saturday. But the assassination was on Friday. Never got around to talking to the guy who worked at the Texas Book Depository along the route that the president was going to drive, who had... Defected from the U.S. to go to Russia and then comes back from Russia, gets himself right – just crazy, 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 crazy. Uh, Talk about an agency that needs some rebranding at the very least. So Hunter goes in here all hot, all arrogant, and it's incredibly insulting. So I'm going through this thing, and it's important to go through it because the lies are all over the place. You know, when you tell – what do they say? When you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. When you lie – Boy, you better you better start remembering things. It's very easy to forget lies, right? And he's lying in the middle of this thing. And I know the record better than he does. I think I even know his laptop better than he does. I know that he sent an email asking to meet with Tony Blinken. He sent it right to Tony Blinken back when he was the Deputy Secretary of State. Right in the middle when he's getting a million dollars a year from Burisma for a part-time job. Nobody makes a million dollars a year at being a board member. Just remember, he went to business in China and he went to business in Ukraine, two corrupt countries that his father was actively involved in as vice president. He was there boasting and bragging about his resume. Yale Law School, vice chairman of Amtrak. He sat on a bunch of boards. I was qualified to do just about anything, he says. No, that's not true. Going to Yale, by the way, is no big deal. That building over there, that building right across the street, has six law firms in it. Two of them. Half of the lawyers went to Ivy League schools. They pride themselves on this kind of crap. All right, there are there are a dime a dozen, literally. Um, let's see. He's bragging about being the vice chair of the of uh, Amtrak. How do you how did he get that job in Delaware? Joe Biden built his whole political myth on uh, riding Amtrak. Amtrak Joe. This, these are not high achievements. And Yale Law School, back to that. You, how did he get into Yale Law School? Because he got turned down the first time. Bill Clinton wrote him a letter. I really recommend Hunter for your school. I was there, of course, as you know. I met Hillary, and and I know Hunter's dad, and I think he'd be a great addition to the to campus life. From what I hear, he likes to party, maybe a little bit too much. Anyway, please see your way into letting Hunter in. Thank you very much. Bill Clinton, William Jefferson Clinton, 42nd president of the United States. Don't you think that would help? And he's sitting there bra- bragging about it. Anyway, let me go to this transcript. Um, He said, I wouldn't in any way, you know, call my dad to get him to do something that in business, which is obviously, you know, clear by the evidence. Questioner. Okay. Is it possible you called Secretary Blinken? No. Future Secretary Blinken. Absolutely not possible. I called Secretary Blinken at that time. I had to turn to the evidence. Nobody in the committee did this. But at that very moment, he was emailing Secretary Clinton, Blinken rather, asking for a cup of coffee. What does Tony, what does Blinken do? Drops everything and says, yes, when, where? Happy to meet you. Happy to meet you. Is he trying to save himself by saying, I didn't call him, but I emailed him? This happens throughout. Let's see here. Would there be something wrong? This is Hunter saying, would there be something wrong if my dad was in New York When he was out of office and he wasn't a candidate for office, and I didn't think he would ever be a candidate for office ever again, and he was in New York to visit my daughter, and I was going lunch with some business associates, if I told him and my uncle to stop by and have a bite to eat, there is – I don't understand how this rises to the level of the supposed inquiry that we're in right now. What's what's the issue? What's the issue if he was out of office Now, I do see an issue if there is if this was in, you know, a certain other date when he was in office or he was president of the United States. Now, remember, he has said uh, he said it in his opening statement, Joe Biden has said a million times. I never discussed business with my son ever, but he's going to he's going to lunches and dinners with Hunter's business associates. What the hell are they talking about? They talk about business. And just by being there, it's a business lunch. Joe drops by. Every time they said it, it was a lie. They have gotten away with it. The mainstream media have, has let them off the hook. Everybody else has. We're not. That's important. It's a huge component of this. But that's not illegal. We'll get to that. He was not involved with any business activity. Would you call it involvement if my dad was in New York City at the the same time, I was in New York City and I was having lunch with some of my business associates. And I said, hey, dad, come by for lunch. Who wouldn't do that? Are you saying that you wouldn't do that with your father if he was in town at the same time? And everybody in the thing is, dude, no, we wouldn't. We, You don't have your father drop by for business. A business meeting and he's showing up just to shake hands? If he is, what's the purpose of that? The purpose of it is to display this is my guy, the big guy, and I got him on speed dial, and I can make him show up like that. It's to impress these guys, these investors. They want to know. You can't just buy some drug addict for a million dollars a year and expect something to happen. It's got to be – there's got to be a payoff for these people. Let's see here. And then the lawyer is trying to obstruct every single time, every time. Let's see here. Um Mr. Comer, you are absolutely wrong. I represented one person at one time for a stupid investigation as to whether or not he had been involved in something called Russian interference. That's pretty wild. Abby Lowell, the <laughs> the attorney for Hunter, actually represented Jared Kushner. It's interesting to hear Abby Lowell, Hunter's lawyer, call the investigation um into Russia collusion stupid. Thank you for that, Abby Lowell. Abby. But that's the only good thing he did here. Every other time he's he's obfuscating, confusing, delaying. They think they got off the hook. They didn't. Look, you can work all around the world, uh, work in countries that we don't like, like China and make money because it's your father. You can do that. Politically, it stinks. Politically, it's noxious as hell. Very few people know about it politically because he's protected by the fake news. The thing you can't do, though, if you're Joe Biden, is get money from your son's activities. And we believe I know there's evidence of that. I know it. The two hundred thousand dollar check that they present to him in this thing. He claims he didn't know about it. I have no knowledge of this. I have knowledge of it. I've seen the damn thing. It's not even been refuted by you guys. It's been confirmed by you guys. I know the story better than Hunter. He is going down. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow.
1: for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. As you know, all these cases against Donald Trump are a joke, an absolute joke, a travesty of justice. Uh, You can laugh. You can cry. They all stink. They're all rotten. They shouldn't have been brought. Uh, And it looks like the case in Atlanta is going down. For election interference. Election, you can't call the uh, county commissioner and say, you know what? I think your cr- I think your election was crummy. You're not allowed to say that. This is still America. Anyway, what's going on right now? They're still, gosh, they're dragging this thing out. I don't, I don't care if it never comes to trial. I don't want it to come to trial. I want the whole thing to be gone. But that judge down there, his name is Metcalf or something like that. M something. He's like the new judge, Ito. He's overseeing this damn thing. Everybody knows that Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade were hooking up in 2021, but we we need more witnesses. We <laughs> we brought in like 15 witnesses now, and now he's summing up closing arguments. This is a good guy. You'll hear one of the uh, one of the defense attorneys on the Trump team. Go ahead
0: consider consider the credibility of the witnesses frankly right. i mean your honor sat here and watched everybody so i haven't spent a lot of time going into the specific testimony because your honor is well aware of it but you get to evaluate the credibility of the witnesses as a fact finder and um you know just just, just
1: from a legal perspective though you're saying we can't just say dollar amount look no further there has to be a totality of the circumstances analysis
0: i think I think it's fact-specific, Judge. I, I don't really want you to pin me down on that because I, there's no law on it. I can't give you a straight answer because I haven't seen anything like that. I don't. And I think if we build a materiality requirement um, into, the, into the case law, then you're down, you're down a slippery slope then because then, then it's going to be very – the appellate courts are going to be deciding, well, is $50 enough? Is $100 enough? So I think um, it's not necessarily the amount of the money. It's the fact that she received it, and it's, it's not insignificant. Um, and I don't think your order has to say because she received $9,200, she's disqualified. I think if we go back to the 20,000-foot level, where's the, what's the appearance here? Is this fairness to the defendants? Um, is, does, it, does it appear that she is interested in this prosecution, or does it appear that she's disinterested? She took the stand. You can tell she's not a disinterested person uh, when it comes to this proceeding. He's got you there, Bonnie. Uh, when it comes to the prosecution as a whole.
1: All right. Um, it, The judge, what the hell else do you need, Judge? Is he going to say something?
0: I'll resist the temptation uh, to defend my wife, um, who I believe to be an excellent lawyer and a member of the bar for 20 years um, in good standing. But I will say this, Judge. You don't just evaluate the credibility of the witnesses. You evaluate the credibility of the lawyers. Um, And Mr. Abadi stood up here in open court in front of national news and the national public and called her a liar. Um, I need to address that for one minute um this text messages that are now part of the record which now are substantive evidence for you to consider um uh prove everything that she put in that motion everything that she tried to elicit um for mr bradley was absolutely 100 good for you
1: john sticking yeah. up for your wife your wife did a great job did not realize you two were married um good for you i mean good for you Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative, on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I am pleased to be learning that about a hundred or so of the January six defendants— you know, people who didn't hurt anybody or break anything— some of them were totally over-sentenced, and an appeals court just uh, agreed with a defense motion, and uh, some of them. Yeah, they're going to be resentenced. It was overdone, over the top. I'm still going through it right now. This is a major victory for some of the people who have been just treated so unfairly in this January 6th hysteria. Now, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look who's walking in the room. President Donald Trump. What a surprise. You got legal stuff going on all over the place. Atlanta, Florida. How, Mr. President, welcome.
3: Well, Greg, you look at the documents, I'm in court right now, right? I took a little break to call it to Greg Kelly because we love Greg Kelly, right? You look at the ratings, they're through the roof, and uh, you look at, I had the authority, right, to declassify. We call it declassify. But then you got Biden, who had documents all over the uh, garage, (laughs) all over in Chinatown, in Chinatown, and he, as VP, as vice president... He didn't have the authority to declassify. He didn't have the authority. And it's right there in Chinatown. You got duck sauce and soy sauce all over the documents. (laughs) It's an absolute horror. It's a total disgrace. And then they come after me. They come after me.
1: Hey, what do you think of Fani right now? Fani may be kicked off the case. Fonny, uh, what's her name? Fani Willis. Fani, whatever, down there in Atlanta.
3: Well, you look at Fonny, uh, You know, it's very interesting. She sort of lost. Uh, you could call it temper. You can call it whatever you want. But she's on the stand. Her dress is on backwards. Her dress <laughs> is on backwards. Uh, unbelievable. You look at the flag pin. It was upside down. Sort of a knock at our great country. And you see her, and she's talking, she's saying all these things. She's saying, you know, uh, Wade, right, the guy Wade. She's like, Wade is a man
4: of integrity and divisiveness, and he is a wonderful man. I ain't do nothing.
3: And I'm watching this, and I'm saying, wow, what is this judge? How can this judge let this happen? You know, they threatened to kick out my attorney. They threatened to jail my beautiful attorney, Alina Haber. Beautiful woman, terrific. I don't want to get in trouble, but... She's a very attractive woman, but she also has a big, beautiful brain, and that's why she's such a terrific attorney. But the sick, nasty, horrible judge threatens to lock her up. Meanwhile, you got Fanny waving her finger around. The neck is on a swivel. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't believe y'all took me out of my office, and I'm watching this, and I'm saying, wow, such a disgrace. Something needs to happen, Greg. Something needs to happen.
1: Well, Mr. President, thank you for calling in. I gotta, I gotta say goodbye to you. And, uh, we're bringing in Jason Scoop. Jason Scoop, the comedian, the impressionist. Yes, that was him as Donald Trump. <laughs> Jason Scoop will be at Governor's Comedy Club tomorrow, 7.30. That's in Levittown. Governor's Comedy Club tomorrow night, 7.30 in Levittown. What a, what, that is the place to be because you are one hot comic right now. How are you?
4: Things are heating up. Um, uh, just very thankful.
1: Uh, you know, I grew up in Levittown. Mm.
4: So I walked past the other day, I saw my name up on the marquee, and I don't want, you know, I'm not a very sentimental person, but it was, it meant a lot. So people are excited, I'm getting all these damn, people are telling me they're traveling from New Jersey, Connecticut, people, yeah, it's, things are going well.
1: Well, uh, you know, that's great, and we're happy, but uh, things are going to go even better. I'm talking Netflix specials. I'm talking arenas. I mean, this is, it's a matter of time the way I see it. And the thing that kind of sets you apart, many things, but you're very, uh, you got your act together. You're disciplined. You take this stuff. You have a great time on stage, but you're very serious and focused. Fair yeah. to say. Yeah. 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 I,
4: um, you know, I, I, the, the whole story with – governor. I have sort of an arc with governors. Um, I wasn't always this disciplined. When I first started comedy, when I first started coming into the city from Long Island doing open mics, I was a young kid. I was like 18, 19, and people think, why didn't you make it years ago? Because I was out – I was boozing too much. I was fraternizing with the female audience members. I didn't have my act together. And I actually got into some hot water with governors all the way, way back then and uh because of alcohol. And for years and years and years, I – I, I was banned from the club, but by a uh, grace of uh, – by a strike of luck, whatever the phrase is, I meet Ozzy, the bouncer there up in the Bronx because I was there for um, – um, what's his name? The uh, uh, the actor from uh, uh, um, a Bronx tale?
1: Oh, I know. Chaz Palmeteri. Chaz
4: Palminteri. His cigar um, – uh, he was uh, debuting his cigar there. I meet Ozzy. Ozzy's like, oh, I'm the bouncer at Governors. you got to come and perform at Governors. I said, Ozzy, you know. I hate to say it, but uh, years ago, I was banned from there. He's like, get the heck out of here. Come, I'll introduce you to the owner. I went. We hit it off. I headlined back in September. It was one of the greatest nights of my life. It was this big homecoming. But, uh yes, it just goes to show being disciplined, doing all this. I'm going back to church. I go to church every Sunday, Greg.
1: I thought you were Jewish. No, no, no. no. My girlfriend's Jewish. You're I'm Catholic. Oh, how about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And uh Governor's Comedy Club tomorrow. Oh, excuse me, Jason Scoop. We... uh. It looks like George W Bush is calling in for some reason. Oh my goodness. Mr. President, how are you?
2: Well, Greg Kelly. So good to be with you. You know, it's a uh, I listen to your show. And uh, you know, I'm sort of have mixed feelings <laughs> because uh, you're a big supporter of a guy Donald Trump and uh, he was a uh, he was mean to my brother. <laughs> my brother Jebediah. I called him up what in during the debates back in 2015. I said hey, uh, Mr. Trump I like the apprentice, but can you lay, lay off uh, the uh, demeaning words to my brother? Call something about low energy. <laughs> and he said, George,
3: look, it's not business. It's personal, right? It's personal. <laughs> I mean, sorry, it's not uh, – excuse me. Wow,
2: I had a Biden moment there. I mixed them up. It's not personal. It's business. And uh, he sort of understood. And I said, uh, "I said, wow, that was – for a second there I have got uh, lost between two different impersonations. But I said, you know what? Donald I understand it that's why I won like you and my brother Jeb he's uh you know he's in Miami somewhere feeding the birds but uh you know okay. yeah, I
1: guess that's the way to cookie crumbles All right thank you for calling in President Bush uh again Jason Scoop tomorrow night 7:30 at Governor's Comedy Club you know you that's in Levittown you got to get out you can't just sit around the house it's too easy to sit around look at your phone and look at Netflix isn't it Jason it's so true you got to go outside yeah Seriously, you got to experience life. And oh, you're big on Cameo. Yeah. And how does that work? How does it, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about the Cameo? I've never ordered a Cameo for somebody, and sure. I'm thinking about doing it. What do I do? So you just go to cameo.com
4: forward slash Jason Scoop Comedy. And uh it's $150, and uh, I, I I could do any impersonation, mostly Trump. Mostly people hire me to do Trump, wishing them a happy birthday or a family member's happy birthday, happy Mother's Day, happy oh, wait. Father's Day. Hold on a second. Chris
1: Rock is on the phone? you got to be kidding me. <laughs>
4: Chris Rock <laughs> on the Greg Kelly show talking about the cases and everything. You know, Greg, a lot of black people liking Trump now.
1: <laughs> Why is that? He
4: got the sneakers out. <laughs> he getting locked up. It's like, wow, it's like a rapper, you know? If you got a rapper that graduated college, did all the right things, he ain't selling any records. But you got a rapper who got locked up, got a mug shot, leader of a gang, he's selling records. Greg, he winning Grammys.
1: Hey, Run DMC, the guys who killed that uh, Grandmaster Jam, did you hear they got him? They 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 got convicted. Did you hear about that?
4: Well, you know, I hadn't heard about that. That's...
1: That's pretty wild. Wow.
4: <laughs> okay. Sorry. It's almost like Jason and Trump interlap there for a second. Unbelievable. Are you,
1: are you um, what does it mean for your act that, look, things are kind of coming around for Trump. He's beating these cases. They're falling apart. Uh, as bleak as it looked last year, post-January 6th, whatever, he's coming back and it's it's kind of glorious. How does this affect you?
4: Well, I just want to say two things. A, I never thought it looked bleak. I always knew he would come back. I always had faith. And I follow this maybe – I don't want to say closer than anyone because look at you. This is what you do for a living. You talk about politics. But I I always knew Trump would come back. But uh, to answer your question, even from last year, uh, the cameos, and, uh, like um, when he was less in the news – I was still getting a ton of cameos because people wanted him back. They were thirsty for him. Yeah. And maybe if he was more in the background, I, I was in the forefront every day on TikTok and cameo. And uh, so, but yes, um, Trump is coming back. Trump is a big part of my act. Um, and uh, yeah, things are, everything
1: is coming together. It looks like, you know, you talk about how positive he is and he is positive and there is a mind over matter quality to him. Would you agree? 100%.
4: Yeah. One of somebody asked me the other day, what's one of your favorite quotes? And I thought and I thought and I thought because I have a lot of favorite quotes. I actually told my mom I'm done with quotes. My mom was like, Jason, I have a quote. I said, Mom, I read all the quotes. I'm ready to use them and progress in life. But (laughs) I thought and I thought and I thought my favorite quote is from Donald Trump. We are going to win so much. You might get sick. Of winning. winning. And you'll say, Mr. President, please stop winning. We're sick of winning, please. And I'll say no. And he's, at this point, he's <laughs> screaming into the microphone. No, we're going to win more. That is who Donald Trump is. Donald Trump's not the type of guy who'll sit around. You know, you hear some people like, oh, could you believe uh, taxes? Oh, could you believe this? Oh, there's a no, 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 he doesn't. That world negativity doesn't exist. Whatever the issue is, we're going to overcome it. We're going to win. That is his mindset from the day he was born until this very day, and, and it's so it, inspirational.
1: Yeah, it is inspirational. People, instead of the fake news, you know, they should try to understand him and take some of those traits with You can learn so much from this guy. So true. I, so true. I remember, by the way, where he said that. It was in Arizona. It was outdoors. He had the. He had the hat on, mm-hmm. and that was that was one hell of a moment. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. be you're gonna be sick of winning. Jason Scoop tomorrow at the Governor's Comedy Club. That's seven thirty at night. That's in Levittown. What right on Hempstead Turnpike is it? Uh, where yeah, yeah is...
4: right there on Hempstead Turnpike and Division Avenue. Right there on that intersection. Does
1: somebody open for you? Yeah, I'm having my buddy Vincent James open. He's a very talented guy. You and check him out when you do the act. Is it the same? I mean. Is it the same act? No, you you modify every time. Every act is a little bit different. You do you even write on stage, I Yes.
4: Heard. Well, I'm very in the moment. So yes, obviously I have my material that I've honed, that I've worked on and everything, but I'm vibing off the – it's a dance. It's a back and forth. It's the audience is talking to me and I'm talking to the audience. Their laughs sort of sway me in one direction or the other and – and uh yeah, I, I come up with a lot of material right there live on stage. I tell a lot of stories about my own life. Hey, I'm friends with George Santos. How many people are friends with
1: George <laughs> Santos? I talk about touring the Capitol with him. And oops, hey, well, hold on a second. We have another phone call. It looks like is this is is this a prank phone call? It's Joe Biden on the phone. Wow. Hey, what is this uh, 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 <coughs> excuse me? God, God, love you. Hey, is
4: it
3: is it Craig Kelly? Something uh, about.
4: Greg I got hairy legs okay they 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 in the summer Greg
1: all right. Thank you. Uh, gonna going to let you get back to uh, resting, Mr. President. Come wow, on, man. Come on. <laughs> that is a story he actually told to a group of African-American girls uh, at a pool in Delaware. It was the most horrendously inappropriate, weird moment in the history of history. Yeah. And Jesus, excuse me, but that is it's still like kind of almost hard to find on the Internet. It's the craziest thing. What was he trying to say? Uh, I don't think he knows what he was trying to say, so
4: far less me trying to decipher it. Um, Are there two shows
1: tomorrow night or one show? One show. One show. Governor's Comedy Club. You know, every time I go to a comedy club, which isn't that often, I say, I gotta do this more often. It's fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, wow, we're really engaged here. It's exciting. What happens next? I mean, is there any chance you go to California? I know there's a big comedy scene there. Mm -hmm. I know you've been there, of course, but... Will you possibly decamp from New York and go there? What, 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 what's, uh, what's 2024 looking like?
4: It's a very good question. Um, I, while I disagree with the politics of California, I've been to Los Angeles many times. Uh, I was lucky enough that uh, Dana Carvey brought me out there. To, he had an impersonation contest show that aired on the USA Network, and I won it. I won the big prize audience, studio audience voted. I won 10000 bucks. I was a little bit younger at the time. That ten grand was gone in hmm. three seconds. Um, now I would save it. I would invest it at the time. Woo! I'm <laughs> rich. Um, but I, I love Los Angeles, and uh, I, 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 this is going to sound maybe a little conceited, but the up and comer. Not I'm, I think I'm a little bit beyond up and comer at this point. But the a lot of the local comedians there they just stink. So it's oh. really easy to shine in L.A. Because and the reason is in New York you got to deal with. Uh, Winter, homeless people, the subway system. In Los Angeles, it's more difficult to be funny when you're just tanning all day <laughs> at the beach, surfing.
1: Yeah. yeah, dude. I get it. No, that makes a lot of sense. You need some strife in your life yeah, so, to work it out. By the way, do, do you have any, and you have to name names if you don't want to, but comedic mentors, like people who have been, like, really big in the business who look out for you?
4: Well, I will say this. Um my comedic my favorite comedian ever since i was a child was norm Macdonald.
1: yeah the late great
4: and i had the honor and I, I swear to you i thank god every single day that i had the opportunity to work with him about a year before he passed away i hosted six of his shows at caroline's during the new york comedy festival and he said something to me backstage he goes you know the thing with these uh you know young comics young guys your age you know there, everybody wants to be the smart guy yeah, everybody wants to go up there and be, Ah, oh, I'm the smart guy. Now, who the heck wants to listen to somebody smarter than they are? He goes, the funniest guys in the business who are smarter than anybody. Like he referenced David Letterman. He's like, like like Letterman. He goes, Letterman plays it dumb. He plays stupid. But Letterman's smarter than anybody. And I took that and I knew exactly what he was saying because um, I have a point of view. But I, I never get preachy up there. I use the jokes to get my point of view ahead. I never get preachy.
1: Well, tomorrow night you can see Jason Scoop at the Governor's Comedy Club. It is sure to be an awesome, awesome event. 730, that's in Levittown on Long Island, our beloved Long Island. And, uh, oh, wait, it looks like Mr. Uh, Trump, President Trump, you're on another break in that uh, documents case. Hello.
3: Well, Greg, you know I hear you talking about Jason, and I watch his videos, and uh, it's very flattering, right? They say imitation is the most sincerest form of flattery, and I must say, you know, I'm I'm campaigning, I'm doing a lot of things, but if I was in New York, I would make it to Jason's show, but uh, I would absolutely (laughs) recommend buying a ticket. It's only twenty dollars. Can you believe it? Twenty dollars, and what a steal, right? What a steal, absolute steal. But you got to go out and see Jason, straight out of Central Casting. He's tough, he's strong, he's handsome, and uh, more importantly than anything, he's funny. He's so funny. <laughs> so you got to go see Jason, and who knows, maybe one day we'll be on stage together, right?
1: Could be, could That'd be, be wonderful. All right, Mr. President, Jason Scoop, see him tomorrow night at the Governor's Comedy Club. Thanks a lot, Jason. Thank you, Greg. Seven thirty in Levittown Governor's Comedy Club. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is interesting, very interesting. I'm looking at this guy, uh, uh, Mr. Brock. He is the case that was heard by the appeals court. And I'm um, looking at what he did on January 6th. He didn't break anything. He did not hurt anybody. In fact, he was seen trying to get people to calm down. He was there for like 40 minutes, just walked around the place at 38 minutes, 38 minutes. He was there. Federal grand jury indicted Brock on six counts, felony obstruction of an official proceeding, misdemeanor, entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds, misdemeanor, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds, misdemeanor, entering and remaining on the floor of the Congress. Uh, uh, Mr. Meaner, disorderly conduct in a Capitol building. My goodness gracious. Talk about throwing the book at somebody. Mr. parading, picketing in a Capitol building. Uh He waived his right to a jury trial, Um a three-day bench trial. The district court noted that there was a little dispute as to what Brock said and what he did on January 6th. There was little dispute and that the question before the court were largely questions of Brock's intent and whether he acted knowingly in certain contexts. Ah, oh, God trying to get inside the, the guy's head what about what he did he didn't break anything he didn't hurt anybody so they go overkill with that uh for that first if the uh, attempted to obstruct or impede how much did, so they over they over sentenced him um they they went into his Facebook page who cares what he wrote on Facebook the district court found that Brock's choice to outfit himself in tactical gear and a helmet shows he expected that events might get violent inside or outside the Capitol on January 6th. And there was no evidence in the record about that. Okay, so they tried to make this all more serious. All this other stuff that's not relevant. And I'm getting to the part where he has to be resentenced, bottom line. He's going to get out of jail, if he's still in jail, and they're going to have to resentence him uh, something, to something a bit more reasonable. I'm um, going through this. I think it's great news. I want to turn on the... Arguing for what? This is Craig Gillen down there in Atlanta, arguing for uh, Fannie Willis to be dismissed from that case. Go ahead. Pattern in in Williams. It's the improper comments by a prosecutor. For example, in Williams, they cite the nature and consequences of forensic misconduct. All right, never mind. Prosecutor. It's uh, on and on and on. Everybody knows. No more Fannie Willis. No more Nathan Wade. Uh, who's this? Gary in Rhode Island. Well, hello.
2: Hello, how you doing? What's up? I'm here. Hello, how you doing?
1: You're on the air.
2: How you doing, sir? It's Brother Gary from Black Lives Matter, Rhode Island. Uh,
1: am I supposed to know you?
2: No, 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 no. I listen to the radio show.
1: Okay, you know, good. I, Welcome I to listening. the show. What's I, up?
2: No, no. I was I was talking. I'm, I'm so intrigued that uh, you guys um, were talking about Trump and. You know, I, I think that, you know, the court should give him a fair deal, you know.
1: All right. I agree. And uh, well, listen, since you're from Black Lives Matter and, as you know, a week ago tonight, Trump said, uh, you know, people in the African-American community are supporting him more that he's been arrested. Do you buy that?
2: I definitely buy that.
1: There's I mean, something to it, right? I,
2: I, what do you mean by that?
1: There's something to it. He's, I mean, he's not wrong. I mean... Hey, do me a favor, Gary. Stick around. We have more to talk about, okay? And I will be right back. Uh, Greg Kelly. Entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right.